All right, hello everybody. It's me, Daniel D, with a Ghost in the Machine, the podcast for Saturday, March eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-three. We do a reading of a post from my uh, Ghost in the Machine Substack uh, earlier this week called "Pronouns Are Our Top Priority." Uh, clown world employees always love it when upper management focuses on fundamentals. And, um, you know, hopefully this will brighten your day. It's, it's uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day. So maybe you got a little crazy last night celebrating your Irish heritage, drinking green beer or Guinness or whatever. Um, you know, and that's cool. I'm 6% Irish. Uh, I didn't celebrate it in that way, but that 6% of my DNA that hails from Ireland is uh, was very proud yesterday. I felt very connected to my Irish heritage. Um, now, of course, if you're not, Irish, and you celebrate a St. Patrick's Day, you're freaking culturally appropriating and you deserve to be canceled. You owe me an apology. 6% of me, anyway, feels like I'm owed an apology for you culturally appropriating my holiday, St. Patrick's Day, and drinking all that green beer, pretending to be Irish when you're not. Yeah, so all you non-Irish people. Anyway, whatever. I'll look past it. I'll, I'll forgive you for cultural appropriating from me. And uh, But if you have a hangover after St. Patrick's Day, in all seriousness, hopefully this will brighten your mood a little bit, you know. Um, and real quick, because this the subject matter of this post, um, let me just say to my LGBTQAI plus minus question mark, whatever, further letters, etc., etc., whatever letter matches your, you know, perversion, or I'm sorry, your sexual preference, whatever, you know, however you identify, right? I don't care. All right. I'm not trying to be anti-gay or anti-trans or anti-whatever. I really don't give a shit. If you have a dick, let's just say, for example, and you enjoy sticking your dick into another man's asshole, that's your business. I don't care. I don't want to be involved in it. I don't really want to hear about it. I don't want to see your parade. I don't give a shit. You know, you can be proud of what you do. Like, hey, I put my dick in a man's asshole instead of a woman's vagina. I need a parade because I'm proud of that. You know, go, whatever. I, I don't see why you need to involve the rest of us in your sex life. Why you need us to know about it and celebrate it and act like it's a great thing. Oh, man, it's the best thing in the world. This actor that I've never really seen his movies, but he just came out of the closet and says that he's, uh, you know, he likes to stick his dick in other men's assholes. That's awesome. We need to celebrate him now. No, I don't give a shit. Fuck him and fuck his movies and whatever, right? I don't care if he came out and said that he sticks his dick in a woman's vagina or a man's asshole. It doesn't matter. If his movies suck, his movies suck. I don't give a shit, right? That's kind of my opinion on that. Same thing if you're like, I was born in the wrong body. I'm a man, but uh, I was born with a vagina, and I don't understand why the gods would play this mean trick on me, but I'm going to go uh, take, uh, you know, I'm going to validate my my true identity by taking a bunch of artificial hormones and getting surgery and expensive medical intervention that's going to, you know, have to continue my entire life so I don't revert to the wrong body. I don't know, whatever. Like, if that's you, you do you. Do, you know, to quote the the. 20th century American spiritual master and cult leader, Oprah Winfrey, live your truth. You do you. Okay. That's fine. Like, I don't know why you need the rest of us to redefine our entire language and our understanding of basic human biology to accommodate you. Like, I don't give a shit, whatever you do you, but you're not really a man. Or if you're born with a vagina, you're not really a woman. If you're born with a dick and that's pretty much the end of the story. Right. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need more reeducation to understand 
state of our current American culture. Maybe if I get enough re-education, I can see the truth of, you know, a trans man is really a man, you know, just like, you know, maybe I can realize two plus two really can't equal five if the party says it does. I don't know. But anyway, I just want to say that to my LGBTQ plus minus AI question mark, you know, uh, XYZ brothers and sisters and they's and them's and Z's and Zers and whatever else, right? I can, whatever. You do you. All right. But so what I'm talking about here, I'm not trying to shit on you. I, w- I honestly wouldn't care if, if this wasn't a big political movement right now trying to redefine everything and trying to like cancel people and suppress scientific truth uh, and and basic, you know, reality in the name of I don't know what this new religion of Marxism, wokeism. If you guys would just do your own thing, I wouldn't care. Like, I'll leave you alone. But you don't want to leave us alone. You want to come into our kids' schools and try to hijack the curriculum to groom our children. And you want to, you know, put your parades down Main Street with, you know, dudes with fake tits, you know, and G-strings twerking in front of children. Like, I'm sorry. If that's how you want to be, then you ought to expect some pushback from the rest of us. And some commenting on the absurdity of the idea that you could be born in the wrong body. I don't know what the problem is. What, what, why the gods played such a cruel trick on me to put me in the wrong body, man? Anyway. Alright. So maybe that wasn't much of an apology or a statement uh, to calm the fears of the LGBTQ plus minus question mark XYZ, you know, uh, squared community. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it is what it is. So here's the here's the post. I'll just go along with that. Uh, for my day job, I work for a large organization that I'll call Peter Principal Enterprises. For the past few years, I have noticed a steady deterioration in pretty much every area of our day-to-day operations. Senior management, meanwhile, is completely oblivious. The disconnect between our leaders and the reality on the ground is truly incredible. Equipment's out of date, poorly maintained, so we lose a lot of production time just trying to work around things that are constantly breaking down and taking forever to get repaired or replaced. Our work processes are ridiculously inefficient. Metrics that were originally designed as tools to help achieve end results have now become ends in and of themselves. All too often, big picture values are sacrificed to make sure every meaningless I is dotted and every insignificant T is crossed. We mindlessly follow policies and procedures that have long outlived their usefulness, but which management lacks the imagination or understanding to reevaluate. The bureaucratic hierarchy is bloated and Kafkaesque. Problems that could easily be addressed by frontline workers are left unresolved because making such changes requires approval from distant administrators who have no interest in fixing what doesn't work. But things that do work, now that's a different story. Nothing delights our senior management more than taking something that is still somehow functioning properly in spite of all their incompetence, something that still works, and turning it upside down and inside out with their childishly inane ideas until they break it. That's what our uh, management just loves to do. Um, Basically, and a friend, uh, Grant Smith, um, he did a, a post yesterday about in which he referred to our current condition as late-stage bureaucracy. And I think that's perfect because that's basically what it is. It's like it's not late-stage capitalism like the Marxists like to say. It's really late-stage bureaucracy, you know. Um, and I remember C.S. Lewis in 
the screw tape letters, I think in the introduction, he talked about how he imagined hell, one of the allegories or that he used, he imagined it as being a, a, the, a bureaucratic front office of a thoroughly nasty business concern, something to that effect. You know, and I was like, that's perfect. You know, the type of office politics types games, backstabbing the careerism and all that, where people are more worried about, you know, putting on appearances and incurring favor with their boss and sabotaging their perceived competition than they are about doing a good job and being competent, right? And we've seen that happen more and more as the so-called toxic masculinity in our culture has been replaced with toxic femininity, where it's like women compete just differently than men, and society's been primed to resist the toxic male competition of like, you know, guy, you know, direct, you know, beating his chest on the top dog, good fuck out if you, you know, or you know, if you can't just bow down to me and my ego, get the fuck out of here, that type of thing, right? We we see through that, but we don't see through the female version of office politics, which is just as toxic. You know, it's just not as direct. It's more passive aggressive, more like political games, building coalitions in a freaking office, you know, instead of like whatever um, they're supposed to be doing. So anyway, that's basically what I'm describing here is a state of hell known as late stage bureaucracy. Uh, and anyway, so going back to my workplace at Peter Principal Enterprises, since the start of the scamdemic, employee turnover has accelerated and we are now chronically understaffed. Or I should say every department except for HR is chronically understaffed because the rest of the workforce has shrunk, but somehow HR, also known as Flunky Central, has grown fat with Marxist apparatchiks who churn out endless emails and announcements and bulletins creating extra work for all non-HR employees, thus keeping frontline workers away from their regular job duties as much as possible with tiresome meetings and pointless trainings on issues entirely unrelated to the underlying business. But outside of HR and other such administrative staff, the entire organization is extremely shorthanded and employees have seen their workloads increase faster than anyone can realistically keep up. And uh, just to say here, I don't know if you are familiar with David Graeber. He actually died not long ago. He was an anthropologist. He had a kind of viral essay uh, that he turned into a book called Bullshit Jobs. And uh, with a great concept, and it has a lot of explanatory power, given what we see. Uh, anyway, and he uh, just look at the way, it, particularly in healthcare and higher education and other such fields, you know, the amount of administrative overhead and administrative cost and administrative personnel has just skyrocketed. You know, like for every healthcare dollar, the amount that goes to actual frontline doctors and nurses versus the amount that goes to administrators at hospitals or insurance companies or whatever, the people involved in those things, uh, it's kind of become skewed, right? And so that's part of the problem that I'm describing here. We have this increasing late stage bureaucracy, to use the term that Grant Smith coined, which is perfect. Here we got, uh, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts via the endless emails and bullshit of HR Karens and DEI commissars and so forth. So anyway, all right, back to the essay. Morale, describing my uh, workplace at uh, Peter Principal Enterprises, uh, which by the way, Peter, the Peter Principal by uh, Lawrence J. Peters 
it's I think from like 1968 or 1969 is a kind of humorous book about uh, workplaces. And man, that thing is so true today. All these years later, the Peter Principle is like a thousand percent right. Only in addition to the Peter Principle, they have turbocharged that, which the Peter Principle was like people in any hierarchy, people will be promoted to their highest level of incompetence is kind of essentially it. But he's got a lot more in his book that's just hilarious to in support of that point. But basically, we've taken the Peter Principle, which was already a thing in the late 1960s, and we've turbocharged it with like DEI mandates and you know ESG scores and promoting people for things other than competence or perceived competence. Now we promote people based on, oh, you got the right skin color? Oh, you're a man and you like to take your dick and instead of putting it in a woman's vagina, you put it in another man's asshole. We need to promote you and put you in front of our organization so we can represent the LGBTQ community for Pride Month or whatever, right? Oh, you're a woman and you think that you really are a man, but you were just born in the wrong body because of this cruel trick that God's played on you. Never mind, you know, what nature or the gods or whoever you want to blame has done to you by putting you in a, in a body with a vagina. We are going to put you in a male body, artificially created. You're going to become a cyborg with, uh, you know, a prosthetic penis and whatever else. But we're going to pretend that you're really a man because you wear a power suit and, uh, you know, got short hair. Um, we're be- we're going to promote you based on that. Now, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're a woman who thinks she's really a man and you're going to dress like it. And so, damn it, we're going to promote you because that's what we need more of in our organization. Right? Like that kind of thing. It's taking the Peter Principle and just, you know, attached a rocket, you know, launcher to it and just shot it into orbit anyway all right back to the essay sorry morale describing my workplace at peter principal enterprises morale is at an all-time low and pretty much everyone is either looking for another job trying to start side hustles in the hopes of growing it into a new career thinking about going back to school to reinvent themselves somehow etc almost all the customer feedback we get is negative and the employees receiving this feedback pretty much don't care at all Why should they? Everyone knows it's just a matter of time before the whole thing goes bankrupt. Long term, the numbers just don't add up. And senior management is happy to keep it that way. Somehow, the worse things get, the better their bonuses seem to be. We got a new chief executive a couple of years ago, whom I'll call Lord Boss Lady. The new boss has done little to inspire confidence among rank-and-file employees, which is not really all that surprising given her very unremarkable prior career accomplishments, her lack of intelligence or imagination, her poor leadership skills, etc. Yeah, you know, she doesn't have any of that going for her. But, very important, Lord Lady Boss does have one very important quality that made her just the right person for the job. She is very intersectional. And that's all that matters. You know, you, it's just all about the ESG scores. Right, And this is ESG. As in, you know, by intersectional, she definitely checks just about every favorite identity marker except possibly trans. Although it's unclear whether she's a butch, cis, female, lesbian, or post-op trans. I don't know. But either way, she's definitely representing the Rainbow Pride Coalition. And in today's marketplace, with diversity being our strength and all that uh, intersectionality, that's really what makes a great leader, isn't it? Anyway, I was overjoyed and amazed this past Friday when I saw the company-wide email Lord Lady Boss sent out to inform everyone of her plans to address Peter Principal Enterprises' most urgent problems. 
we were finally going to be turning things around. The, the people at the top were really taking things seriously, right? Our fearless leader in concert with all the other top executives would henceforth be focusing on accomplishing the company's core mission. She would make sure that we were delivering quality results to our customers, that frontline employees had all the tools needed to achieve those results effectively and efficiently that, oh wait, sorry, that's what the email would have said if Lord Lady Boss was competent. But as we know, competence is not ESG. In fact, the mere idea of competence is a white supremacist, patriarchal, and transphobic construct, and it's probably anti-science and conspiracy theorists to boot. Not to mention anti-vaxxer, anti-you know, climate change denier, election denier. It's probably all all that stuff connected. Basically, the only way to defeat, you know, the white supremacist patriarchy and you know, anti-science, climate change deniers, and everything else is to uh, promote people who believe that they were born in the wrong body and need lifelong hormone therapy and surgery and whatever else, and every and to reinvent the entire English language, you know, to promote those people. That's how we overcome all that. Anyway, our leaders are not competent. They're very intersectional because unlike competence, intersectionality is ESG. Very ESG. And of course, ESG stands for uh, extreme socialist governing or something like that. Ex yeah, whatever. ESG is basically like capitalism masquerading as Marxism. And that's the thing. Crony capitalism. It's not really capitalism, but it's like basically you look at the Marxists um, and there's a lot of, it's big business. For people who hate, you know, capitalism and the free market, uh, Marxists are really savvy businessmen because they are, you know, just look at uh, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, right? Like Patrice Kohler's, um, you know, went from being a, you know, activist, heading a nonprofit to like becoming a multimillionaire real estate tycoon. How did that happen? Well, I don't know. You know, you just convince a bunch of people that they're systemically oppressed and they need to riot and people give you money for that. And it's big business because she was able to parlay that success as this Marxist leader of a, you know, nonprofit to being a multimillionaire real estate tycoon. Yeah. Up is down, down is up. I don't know. The Mar Marxist, like, I mean, even Bernie Sanders, right? The communist, um, you know, he's, he's a millionaire i believe a multi-millionaire right it's like hey being anti-capitalist is like the best way to get ahead as a capitalist who knew anyway back to the essay um our intersectional executives have decided that our organization must make pronouns the top priority yes pronouns because the correct usage of pronouns in accordance with the infallible diktats of the holy marxist creed is what will ensure the long-term success of both Peter Principal Enterprises and all its employees. Even though our core objectives are not being met, even though employees are all burned out and eager to find another way to earn their living, even though we have an impossible backlog to the point that we're constantly missing deadlines by weeks and even months, even though customers are increasingly pissed at what they see as incompetence and neglect on our end, even in spite of all that, we employees of Peter Principal Enterprises will shortly be required to take time out of our busy work days to receive mandatory training on pronoun usage and building a more trans-inclusive and trans-affirming workplace. Because making sure that we validate the psychotic delusions of a fringe minority of Marxist maniacs, uh, that's Lord Lady Boss's top priority right now. Oh, and it got even better. After I wrote that piece, we got another email uh, Friday. Uh, we, apparently, we now have a new director of DEI, 
or a DEI director. I forget the title, but it's like a, a new DEI officer. I'm sure the salary is sky high, many times what a frontline employee makes. But, you know, that's what we need to focus on right now. The business is failing, right? Long-term numbers just don't add up. Things are headed straight off the cliff. And everybody's burned out. Every, you know, all the equipment is breaking constantly. The, these inefficient, you know, work processes that absolutely must be followed because it's a bureaucracy and we can't change anything without the approval of some far-off administrator. Even in spite of all that, even though the whole thing's going off the cliff, we are hiring, uh, you know, at top dollar, DEI officers. Uh, what a great time to be alive. Anyway, you know, I think that now that I think about it, the Titanic, that's probably where they went wrong. See, they would have had, I mean, they, they probably would have kept the ship afloat after striking the iceberg if they had immediately appointed you know, one of the first class passengers to be their DEI officer. I think that's where the Titanic really went wrong. It wasn't, you know, recklessness. It wasn't ignoring warning signs. It wasn't any of that. It was their lack of diversity, equity, and inclusion on the Titanic. So, anyway. Um, yeah, at times like this, basically, uh, and being in Peter Principal Enterprises, being in my workplace, seeing the backlog of work, the angry, you know, backlog of you know, voice messages from angry customers that we've missed deadlines again, you know, and uh, we don't have, every time you try to get something caught up, something breaks, something doesn't work right, you know, basically in spite of all that, we're going to be learning about pronouns because that's going to get our business back on track. And at times like this, I look heavenward and cry out from the depths of my soul, where's a fucking asteroid that will put an end to this clown world? It's also times like this that I think of Mike Judge's movies, Office Space, and Idiocracy. And I think those movies, which if you haven't seen, what the hell's wrong with you? What kind of American are you if you haven't seen Office Space and Idiocracy? Basically, you put those two together and then combine it with like some Monty Python sketches. And that's basically the culture right now. Only instead of being able to laugh about it, it's like that's serious. That's reality. So, yeah. That's why I think Office Space and Idiocracy weren't comedies after all. They were actually horror movies. And horror movies that we are living through today. Horror movies that are becoming reality before our very eyes. Terrifyingly, prophetically accurate horror movies. So go watch those movies if you haven't already. Anyway, you watch. And if you've seen this, you'll get this joke. If you've seen Idiocracy, you'll get what I'm about to say. You watch. Any day now, President Brandon is going to appear at a press conference with the Secretary of Agriculture to announce a bold new initiative to combat hunger by watering plants with Brondo, the thirst mutilator, because it's got the electrolytes that plants crave. So if you remember Idiocracy, they were having a famine uh, because all the crops were dying. Because why? They, they decided that instead of watering their crops with water they were going to water it with brondo the thirst mutilator because it's got the electrolytes that plants crave because basically in the movie brondo the or the company that owns brondo had purchased like the department of agriculture and <laughs> they, after purchasing the department of agriculture they made these they they mandated these changes that every farmer water their crops with brondo so yeah i mean it's idiocracy is like it's a comedy but yet that's kind of the way the world is working right now Sadly, so that's why I said it's like a horror movie. It's not a comedy. Anyway, in the meantime, I'll be making sure to take my training and pronoun usage very seriously. I thought I mastered pronouns in elementary school English class, but apparently not. 
Maybe after teaching us pronouns, our HR apparatchiks can design some re-education and arithmetic for us to help us see that 2 plus 2 really can equal 5 if the party says so. Welcome to Clown World, where pronouns are our top priority. Well, folks, hopefully you don't work in Clown World yourself. If you don't, God bless you. You're somehow, you, you made it. You figured out a way around it. But for all the rest of you who work in Clown World, you know, maybe you can relate to what I said. Um, my name is Daniel D. This is a Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to it in a podcast app, so you don't miss any future episodes. And also visit a ghostinthemachine.substack.com to uh, read what I've written, you know, on this and other subjects and to subscribe there. And if you subscribe to the Substack, you get all this good stuff seamlessly delivered to your email inbox whenever I release something. So that way you don't miss any of my propaganda. Um, so go to a ghostinthemachine.substack.com and check it out. Subscribe there. And uh, yeah, till next time, y'all. It's uh, Saturday, March 18th, 2023. Peace out, you motherfuckers.